Guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is totally free. Everybody loves free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. are finally back welcome back to episode 24 of inside the minds my name is chris and i'm joined by three of my very good friends kevin matt and bart how are we doing guys wonderful how are you oh doing all right good right. afternoon good night whatever Hi, whatever whatever time yeah. it is yeah 3 30 it's definitely nighttime sir Damn it, yes. yeah. <laughs> good night yeah. i mean good good evening there you go well good morning to some of those who are listening right now if this isn't your first time hanging out with us, well, you know how this goes. Thank you for the continued support, but if this is your first time, thanks for joining us wherever you may be. And we like to start off our weekly shows with a check-in, kind of see how we've been doing over the past week. So, Kevin, how have you been doing? Uh, I've been good. Got some new life updates. I've got a new apartment. We'll be moving this week. Very uh, nice. Th- thanks to you guys for helping me move this week. So that'll be cool. Uh, huh? Yeah, update you're helping me on Saturday. Mm. If you didn't know, uh, <laughs> life update. Yeah, Bart, we have things to do, right? I think. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, we have that one. I, thing. I won't be in the state, so yeah, uh, that's unfortunate. I, I won't what's, be. I'll be in Canada. Looks like you'll be flying back for a morning <laughs> of work. Uh, but no, other than that, I'm quarantining <laughs> in, in Canada. <laughs> have fun. Uh, be inside the hockey bubble. Um, that's Bart's dream for sure. But no, I'm about to finish oh, up the absolutely. office, and I will say it's better than I thought it was going to be, but still not great. Solid C plus rating, maybe B minus on a good day. What season are you on? Uh, I'm about to finish up season eight, so just got one more season. Okay, fair enough. Fair, fine. Yeah, that's, that's okay. fair. I mean, I personally really like the office, but you know, some people don't. It has They're its wrong. moments. They're wrong, but you know, some people <laughs> yeah. don't. Like I don't absolutely hate it anymore. Like. I tolerate it, so I made progress <laughs> on it. Um, it's like Guinness. So, what? The more you have it, the more you like it. Yeah. Exactly. It, it has some good moments. Jim and Pam are my favorite. They're always hysterical. They're amazing. But, yeah, that's all I got. I was a big Stanley fan, honestly. Ooh, yep. Stanley's funny, too. Stanley's the greatest. <laughs> Bart, how, how have you been? I've been good. Uh, I was finally able to play some live bets on on baseball on Friday, and I lost so much money, but it was such a great feeling uh, just to bet on sports again. I enjoyed it, so that was a good time. Yeah, I'm hopefully I'll, I'll I'll win some this time, but who knows? Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. really excited for it to for it to start getting live in Illinois. I mean, it already is, but you know, to actually yeah. have FanDuel, if FanDuel could work, that'd be great. I know. 
I know. I'm really looking forward to that, but you know, it is what it is. It'll get there eventually, but I'm getting impatient with this. But uh, Matt, I know you want to go last. I don't know what what you have to say. I'll get you, there. You didn't, you didn't tell us, so I'm kind of <laughs> curious. I'll get there. Uh, well, first, let me start off by this, guys. Okay. So uh, it was either June or July. I forgot. I looked it up. But just a fun fact to start off this episode. Uh, in 2015, Ooh. Cristiano Ronaldo bought his agent a Greek island as a wedding gift. So that's that's, that's incredible. That's pretty phenomenal. Um, second thing I wanted to say. So I follow a lot of Sox fans on Twitter. And, you know. They've got a good lineup. You, you know, I can't, can't, you know, can't deny that. Um, a lot of them were super duper cool, like 99% of them. Uh, a lot of them, especially this week, have been posting this weird prediction that I just want to, you know, put in the bag, put in the trash can, literally because this is where it belongs. Here's the thing. The Sox and the Brewers are not facing each other in the World Series. It is not happening. Clip it. Save the audio. We'll do what you got to do. Kevin, play it back whenever. If I'm wrong, it's fine, but I'm not going to be wrong. Whatever it is, it is not happening. Uh, that's that. That's all. That's just it's just not going to happen. And then thirdly, so since we talk food, yes or no, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. I'm sorry. What? I said yes. Mm. I said absolutely yes because Why? it's between two pieces. No, of bread. it's not. Because a hot dog, a hot dog 70... is a hot dog. A hot because... dog is a hot dog. Okay, is a burger a sandwich then? A burger is a hamburger. But it's between it's sandwiched oh, between it two pieces of bread. Okay, Just like so a hot dog is. fine. They can be they can be in the in the sandwich category, but a hot dog is a hot dog. It's Actually, not a sandwich in between two slices of bread. You open up a piece of a middle then, of a bun. Okay, okay. a hot dog goes in there, and I have a, a sandwich. I have a concession. So concession it, or a confession? Concession. Okay. Uh, you, we all know how you misspell and miswrite things and mis- no, never. Whatever. Um, so eating adjourned. It's both a sandwich and not a sandwich. If the hot dog bun splits and you have to like hold it together, it's a sandwich. If it's still Jesus together, Christ. it's not a sandwich. Okay. So Chris, so, yes or no? Our, you know what? I'll take Kevin's take on that. Otherwise, it's not a sandwich. No. Okay, Bart. I you know what what is what is your take on this? Um. Food go in mouth. There we go. That's it. All right. Fair enough. It's totally fine. <laughs> Honestly, with me, though, the, the hot dog sandwich debate is it it goes me, back like, and forth just, every day. It, it does. really does. And I'm cool. Kevin, what you said, that's totally fine. I respect that. To me, a hot dog is a hot dog. That's all I got. That's it. I mean, I'm not going to say, can I have a hot dog sandwich, please? No, that's stupid. It's just a hot dog. But well, I, if you ever do, I'd like you to record yourself. And, <laughs> I, I will put it all over the Okay. All right. If we ever go to, well, once COVID's done, we can go to a baseball game together. I will go to the concession stand and say, can I have a hot dog sandwich? And y'all can videotape the reaction. Jesus Christ. Of everyone Dude. around. Yeah. Just like, who is this yeah. alien? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just Honestly. for content, I would do it. I don't 100%. Think that's that'd be hilarious. That. Yeah, I mean, the reason why I brought We're that up is because, yeah, I, I just saw it all over Twitter. I was like, I mean, I'm neither here nor there, but I got to say a hot dog is a hot dog, you know? <laughs> yeah, like I wouldn't put it exclusively in the sandwich category, but I think it's like it can fit into it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Fair. Fine. That's all I wanted to ask, you know? So, <laughs> so speaking of food, I mean, if this is your first time or listening to one of our episodes, not watching, not yet at least, 
keep listening and we might get there. But if this is your first time listening to one of our episodes, we like to do a beer or a food review every single episode. So this time we're going to go over B-dubs, wing sauces, and yes, dry rubs are in play. So if you are a big dry rub person, like Kevin, yep, you can start thinking about your favorite sauces or dry rubs and see where yours compares to ours. So Kevin, what do you got? Let me pull up my list here. All right. So I want to start off with two honorable mentions. One of these might give Chris some nightmares, but my honorable, first honorable mention is Scorpion Rum Sauce from B-Dubs. Uh, it was their hottest oh sauce God. they ever came out with. Oh dear it God. really had great flavor, but it was super hot. Um, so if it was like tolerable for a full like medium size, it'd probably be in the top five. Like it's an honorable mention here. Second honorable mention, I actually had these tonight right before recording, and they were in my top five, and I bumped them out, and I put them back in, bumped them back out. Asian Zing, just on the outside. Mm -hmm. But here's my top five in order. So number five, Honey Barbecue. Number four, Parmesan Garlic. Number three, Desert Heat uh, Dry Rub. Number two, Chipotle Barbecue Dry Rub. And number one, Lemon Time Edition Sauce Blue Moon Barbecue. Absolutely, their best, hands down. Kind of like, kind of like the way you think, Kevin. Kind of like <laughs> the way you think. We disagree on a lot of things, but I, I like the way you think. I'm gonna be honest. That, that scorpion, scorpion rum sauce that we had that one time, that was a really good flavor. But I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I was crying. He was crying. <laughs> I was definitely crying. I thought he was and gonna die. <laughs> it felt like death, but the flavor was actually pretty good. Yeah, it, like that first. Like that first second after you took that bite, you're like, this tastes really good. And then it's like hell punches you in the tongue. Yeah, because like, I mean, oh. I, I don't know. I'll admit, like, uh, Blazin is not the best tasting spicy ever sauce that I've had. Yeah, it's like I can, compare it, I can compare it to Atomic from Wingstop. Like, I just don't like that. But I've tried that and I cried as well. I had to get milk. Like, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I definitely agree. Uh, all right, so Kevin, so since we like to think of like, I guess I'll go mine five to one. Um, well, first, let me just mention I really so I had this a couple of years ago bourbon honey mustard. Oh, I love that, that one. I love that one. I was like, I'm so sad that it's gone, and I had that one and I wanted some more, and I can't get it back, and kind of sad, but it's okay because there's others. So, five, I you know, just plain old buffalo. I like buffalo, it's not not too bad, not too uh, not, not the best, but. I like buffalo. I like to put it in a ranch, and it's good sometimes. Number four is Parmesan garlic. Uh, had to grab that in there. It's a lot better than the garlic parm from Wingstop. I will say that for sure, because uh, that one's just like eh, all over the place, and this sauce is very excellent. Uh, number three is hot barbecue. Um, I like hot. I like barbecue. Number two is Asian zing. Uh, tastes just like orange chicken. And my number one is Blue Moon Barbecue as well. That's literally my favorite. Like... I once I got it, I told Kevin, I was like, "Holy crap, this is amazing!" I just I want it all the time. Yeah, it's really good. I will say, Asian Zing. I like how you compared it to orange chicken. I would say it's more like Beijing beef at Panda Express. It has hints of a lot. This, this is very controversial. It's like I feel like I'm tasting a Chinese restaurant. Like that's it. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like I'm going to the buffet, and like you know, like when you go to the buffet and slab everything on, yep. like you know, and it mixes it together, and then and like, it mixes together, and then you okay. have the one sauce at the end, and then you you know pull it onto the fork. I mean, the Asian thing is a better that I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah, right. that's accurate. There you go. All like right, it. so. There you go. Those are my uh, top five with the honorable mention of bourbon honey mustard. 
yeah, I, I really miss bourbon honey mustard. That was one of my favorites. I would get it every time. Dang. Sad day. And then Bart doesn't like beat ups, so he's lame. Yeah, I he's, mean, he's out of this conversation. It's it's also just kind of just because I can't handle heat like whatsoever. Well, yeah, like, clearly look at you. You went to top uh, off today and we burnt. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, wrong heat there, bud. <laughs> now you're um, a tomato. Yeah, yeah, I I am a tomato right now, but not nah, like 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 Chipotle barbecue for me was like on the spicier end. Like I was drinking a lot of water after after just that so i just cannot handle (laughs) i cannot handle spicy food whatsoever so i'm on like the lower spectrum so my wing options are limited and so i always go whenever i did go to b-dubs it was honey barbecue also their wings are just small i just feel like i'm getting ripped off they actually increased the size of them lately Oh, did they? Like, All right. Well, the, I haven't been there in like a few years, actually. Now. Yeah, the ones today that I got were massive, and I was actually pleasantly surprised about it. So, ten out of well, ten, I recommend retrying. That's what she so, said. So when I go to beat ups, um, so I'll just do my top five. I'm gonna go in reverse order. So I'm starting at number one. Number one, Parmesan garlic. Then next is spicy garlic. And to be completely honest, that's it. I don't really have, I don't have a top five because I'm someone who knows exactly what they're going to get before they even get there. And to be honest, I found those two and I just get a medium order, half and half. And that's kind of the only thing I've had at beat hubs for like the past four or five years, whenever I go there. And I remember trying Asian zing once when I was like, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old. And I hated it. Absolutely hated it. It used to yeah. not be as good as it is now. So, so Chris, your taste palette might have changed because I don't. I mean, you're like 26, 25, right? Oh, jeez, right? I'm 26 now. Uh, Dang, you're 24. Happy I don't know. birthday to me. 25. Oh, God. He's 25. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you know, that was 13 years ago. So I give right. it a try if I were you. <laughs> I might, but I just remember it was just really sweet and it had um, sweet and spicy, like the, like the you know the typical asian spices you know like your gingers in there and I, i'm just not a i just don't like the flavor of ginger so well, i'm glad you're not a cannibal it's just not, well you, you like not garlic which heads, is huh? you just like garlic that's all i think I so for me i think from when i remember trying it i thought the the flavor of the ginger was so intense and it was sweet and i don't like fried foods mixing with sweet and that just kind of turned me off from it. I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I don't taste ginger. At all. I don't know about you. Kevin. Yeah, they, I did not taste ginger <laughs> in it because I don't. That that was over a decade ago too. Yeah. So they, they've changed in the last few years though. So I would recommend retrying it because it's not. It's really good now. I think I will because I, I've heard good things about it, definitely from you, Kevin. But I just. I don't know. That first time just ruined it for me. Yeah, the first time I had it was like my sophomore year of college, and I absolutely hated it. It was disgusting. And I got it like two years later, and it was also. Phenomenal. Can we can we talk about just one thing really quick? Uh, they got to fix their fries. Like they got to be more entertaining with their fries. They can't be bland. Like you got to get the buffalo chips. The buffalo chips are where it's at. I usually get the onion rings, which are good with that orange sauce that they have. I don't know if it's Chipotle. Like, I don't know. Like, it's like a bright, it's like a dark orange sauce. I dip it in there. It's like the best thing ever. And I love it. But my breath smells because I usually get that when I get garlic parm and then it's all over the place. So, 
Well, let's <laughs> let's move on to some sports, guys. You know, it's the first time in perfect segue. Exactly. <laughs> um, but let's move on to some sports now. It's the first episode that we actually have live sports to talk about since episode six, I think I said last week. Lit. It's incredible. So the NBA, let's start off with that. The NBA seeding games are set to start July 30th, which is on Thursday. Um, and that's just to kind of determine the, the playoff seeding. It's not like the NHL where they just said, here's how it is. There's still some games to be played, which it has some debates in itself, in my opinion. But the playoffs are set for August 17th. What do you guys think? I mean, do we have some early predictions at all? Um, I know there's not really a lot to say at the moment just because we're still in the scrimmages, but what, what are you guys thinking? Here's my early prediction. Um, I will start off with the Bucks. Uh, they are going all seven games of the Magic because everybody thinks they're just going all the way through. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. My second prediction uh, is the Heat. Um Although it might not have an easy path, but I believe that they're destined to go to the finals. Uh, they have a good roster to do it, and Jimmy Buckets is out for blood, and I think he's going to do it for sure. Well, way to steal my pick. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to bet on, by the way, because I'm going to bet on the Heat. I'm going to – the Heat with the Lakers uh, once, you know, FanDuel starts working. Um, I will definitely bet on the Heat and Lakers because they're like – I think it's like – Oh my god, I think it's like a 35 to 1 odds right now. So that'd be some money won for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh I'm gonna give my early prediction for the at least the play-in rounds. The league is going to try their hardest to get Zion into the playoffs. I think the Pelicans games will be rigged. I hate to say it, but like they did this. 21 team format or 22 team format, whatever it is. Just I don't like it at all. Yeah, I it, just I don't like it. They literally just did it so the Pelicans could be in it, so they could get screen time for Zion, which is stupid. Um, but yeah, I I don't think they can rig it though. That that's that is a harsh accusation. Well, they can definitely tell the refs be like, hey, every time Zion's breathed on, send them to the line. I, I, because look at the teams that are like in that, like they're so Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio, and Phoenix. Each one of those is a player like that's worth watching. Phoenix, I don't even know why they're in there. I mean, maybe so. Uh, what's his name? Oh my God, Devin Booker. Uh, Devin Booker can be like watched, and so him and uh, Damian Lillard can have a good game against each other in the play. I, it's just so weird. I they they suck, but Devin Booker's really good. But they just they're overall they're not that great, and the fact that. They're literally on here. What I'm looking at, they're a 13th seed, and that's that shouldn't even be possible. <laughs> yeah, like they definitely just did it for this the purpose of getting their like young talents and like getting David Booker and DeAndre Ayton in there, uh, Zion. Like, no, it shouldn't have happened. But me and Matt were tar- talking earlier this week or last week, and we talked about the Heat and Lakers. That's my pick for the finals as well. Jimmy Buckets, Tyler, Tyler Hero, uh. Hero, whatever his last name is. Hero, I wanna, yes. I always want to call him Hero because he's going to be the hero of that franchise. Um, he's a really good young rookie. He should win Rookie of the Year, but Ja is going to win it. Um, and then LeBron's just out for a fourth trophy. So, I, I mean, if I could throw two more predictions out there, Clippers are not going to go as far as anyone thinks at all. I just I don't see it, um, especially with guys leaving the bubble to go to the strip club. Uh, and then uh, – <laughs> 
I also think the Celtics might have a chance. Like, I see it. It's just in the East, you know, it's like you got Miami, Boston, and Milwaukee. They're just – Toronto, meh. I mean, to everyone in Canada, whoever listens, like, they're probably going to yell at us. But I just – I don't see them winning again. I just – I don't see it at all. So, especially with the roster that they have, it's good, but not as good as they were in the finals. So. Well, yeah, they don't have Kawhi Leonard now. Absolutely. And that's why I'm saying, like, if the Clippers were to advance to any other, uh, he'd have to literally carry that team. I don't know if Paul George is the same same Paul George that we've seen in past playoffs uh, when he was with the Pacers. It's just, it's uh, it's very hard to think that the Clippers are just going to go that far. I agree. Nice. Look at that. You're not yelling at me today. I like when that (laughs) happens. I don't. It's always fun. Well, tell Matt if you have some bad takes, and then I'll start yelling at him. Well, maybe, we're, maybe we're getting there. We're getting somewhere. <laughs> we're, I mean, we're getting there. There's still plenty of episode left to be able to, to be able to figure that out. <laughs> Personally, I I think that the Bucks are are going to the final this year. I think the I think the good pick here is the Bucks and the Lakers, um, and that's just kind of a feel to me. Um, and with they have, I think Giannis is going to be is going to be hungry to to get to a title, especially how last year ended for him. Absolutely, um, everyone would drool over that Giannis and LeBron in the finals. Giannis, yeah, everyone would watch, but I just I don't want them to go that far. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it's a it's a good pick for for Milwaukee. They're the best rebounding team in the league. Um, I think that. They're a great defensive team, and you guys know I'm all about defense. My a lot of my picks that I have and my predictions are surrounded by defense. And for the Lakers, they got LeBron, they got Anthony Davis. I I don't know how you can't have two of the best superstars in the league right now and not make it to the finals. So I think it's a clear pick for me that the Bucks and the Lakers are going to be in the finals, but you never know. It's a weird year. Well, you're all wrong because the Clippers are going all the way because Joe Kim Noah will will it that way. Oh, okay. So, all right, part. Clippers all the way, and uh, doesn't even matter who comes out of the East. Who is it? Sure, we'll we'll throw the Bucks in. Easy dub, easy sweep. Clippers Can we tell him now two. that Joakim Noah is probably not going to start, or like... <laughs> he's not well, going to play at matter. all. It's his <laughs> his his spirit is what needs to be there, and it's with the Clippers. So I'm with the Clippers. Okay, all right. Yeah, all right. I don't need stats we'll for that it. one. All right, Bart. Matt, was it was terrible. it you, <laughs> Matt? Was it you that said uh, something about Lou Williams? Yes. Okay. Uh, Here's the thing with me Mo is Williams? that no, no, uh, me, he's retired. <laughs> uh, no, but here's the thing with me in the bubble. I think once games start up, it's not really going to matter with the bubble because you're either going to be playing or you're either going to be practicing, and that's kind of the way I'm seeing it. So they're not going to have time to leave the bubble. So even though he basically got a 10 game suspension with having the quarantine. Uh, yeah, a 10 day quarantine. Exactly. Might as well just call it a suspension. Right. So he got the he got the quarantine, but right now it doesn't really matter. Because all they're doing is practicing. They might be playing a scrimmage game today. They might not be, but once games really start to matter, then I don't think players are gonna be 
either a having the time to go out and go or try to leave the bubble or b have the energy or have the desire to because once they're done they're just going to want to go back well see so. i actually think opposite of that because i mean on game days they're they have four hours of their day devoted to their game but on practice days they're practicing for two hours and stuck in a hotel room for 22 hours yeah no, that's not they're going to get bored and go do stuff um like if they can't even manage to stay in the bubble when the first two weeks of it like that boredom is not at its peak level yet and they have to leave to go get chicken wings which were lemon pepper flavor so it's even worse <laughs> and then they go leave to go to the strip club or they invite Tinder hookups in, like, uh, how does that work? Like, they can't even get past. Like, do they have someone there checking like these or whatever? Like, no, they probably made a glory hole like in the fence. Jesus the Christ, bubble. Kevin! God dang! <laughs> like, I don't. That is that's that that is not a hot take. That that happened. <laughs> I guess so. Like, it's not a hot take. That's reality. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so, like, I don't. I don't think it's going to be any better once game starts. I think it might actually get worse. www.bornout.com slash NBA glory hole. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. No, but, but I can see your point too, Kevin. Um, especially when teams start getting, or the less there's less amounts of teams in the bubble as teams start getting eliminated from the playoffs and players start going longer times without seeing their friends and family. I think it might start to kind of, or the not the boredom, but kind of the desire to leave and go out and do their own thing is going to increase. And you never know. Maybe the finals, the NBA finals come along and someone leaves the bubble and now they have to quarantine for 10 days. And now that changes the entire landscape of the finals. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. Because be by honest. that time, right? Yeah, might be honest. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying, though, is that maybe as time goes on, that changes. But I don't know. That'd be kind of interesting if we see like a Lou Williams or a Lou Williams caliber player leave the bubble again during like the conference finals or even the finals, and now he has to sit out for ten days, and now it changes the entire landscape of the finals. Yeah, Zion will accidentally leave the bubble next he, week. I mean, he's already left the he bubble. He will sleepwalk once. out of the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. NBA is going to be interesting. It starts back up. At least the playoffs start here in about two and a half weeks or so uh, from the time of this recording. So I'm curious. I'm curious to see how it all plays out. Uh, let's move on, though. We have a little bit of NFL news because last week we weren't sure if health protocols were going to be in place or what was going on exactly now that we know that they're going, that they're going to be in place. And now that they, that now that we know that it's a full scale, full blown effort in order to combat the coronavirus and to get these guys into training camp and to get them starting training and uh, just being on, on their own individual campuses. So like the bears up in house hall, Training camps are starting soon. What do you guys think? Are these going to hold up? Um, well, I mean, they it's it's just it's odd as to like the players were like, no, like we want to play football, but not if you have protocols in place. Now these protocols are in place, and then for me, I don't know if they're necessarily going to follow them because 
their NFL announced, for example, like a couple weeks ago, that their jersey swaps are out of the question after games, just as an example. And then the players already like are against that. So who knows if these are even going to be followed? Um, I don't know. And then it says that the the team facilities need to be arranged that six foot social distancing whenever possible. Um, I mean, you know, it's hard to do when linemen are going at each other. So, hey, I guess it's just all odd to me right now. It's a weird time that we're living in. And uh, I, I don't exactly know how the tests are going to work. All I know is that they do have to do two, uh, pass two negative tests before they can, uh, within like four days of each other, before they can report. So I guess it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I don't even think that these are real health protocols like like it's just it's just like all the obvious stuff like um like well and then eliminating the preseason doesn't make any sense either like how how are they supposed to get into game shape without any preseason games um i was i was looking to see like what like how are the testing how are they going to test what are they going to do if uh if a player does test positive during the season, uh, they're During out the automatically for two weeks. Doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if they even pass. For example, like that's what I'm reading right now. Doesn't matter if they pass a positive, uh, a negative, uh, or yeah, a negative whatever it, it is. The, the better one. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they pass the negative test <laughs> within those two weeks. They're out automatically for two weeks, no questions asked, and then they come back after. So that's the crazy part of it. So they're out for two weeks, no matter what. Yes, exactly. From my understanding, hey. correct. I think that's just the so, way it has to be. Some some teams are going to get screwed over really bad. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, imagine Pat Mahomes gets COVID and ends up being a shortened season, and he's out two weeks. That's huge for the Chiefs. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think the NFL season is actually going to happen. So, but that might just be me. Like, because socially distancing in a locker room, there's 53 people in a locker room. How are you going to socially distance when the lockers are next to each other? Like, you're literally sitting next to a person. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, NBA, all right, fine. NHL, okay. That's, you know, questionable, but okay, still. MLB, obviously, the players all over the place. This is just... Literally too much. Touching butts with each other because you're literally on top of each other. And, yeah, I just... I don't see it happening still. I hate to be negative about it because I think it would be great for the... Uh, country to have football and to have every sport back, but I just can't see it happening. Um, not only that, what if what if one of your top players goes down for two weeks? That's that's missing two games. That you know that could be huge for the for the rest of the season, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. like imagine if Pat Mahomes misses the two biggest games of the year, or like Tom Brady misses the games against like. The Patriots. Like, His linemen are already uh, out. The out. Patriots. That yeah, that's I, an important game. It is. That <laughs> the was the Chiefs, first person on their schedule that I should think of. The Chiefs <laughs> linemen already opted out. Uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif. He's well, the he's he opted doctor. out for. He's a doctor essentially. Yeah, he he is a doctor. He has a medical degree and he's a doctor up in Canada. So he actually chose to keep fighting the fight against COVID instead of playing, which is awesome that he did that. But Bart, going back to what you said about the preseason. It makes absolutely no sense to cut the preseason. There's going to be so many injuries when it's week one and everyone's going 100% with no preparation. They're not used to taking hits. They're not used to game speed. Like, it's going to be terrible for the league. 
Yeah. yeah, week one is going to be absolutely awful. But not only that, like I just feel like the NFL just put out all the obvious stuff, but uh, like I, I just don't feel like they're actually being mindful about what could actually happen if if all these players end up testing positive. Like I just I just feel like they're 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 putting in like this is going to be such a big risk uh, to go through the season without any any plan in place really. Uh, I mean, if the games are canceled, players won't be paid. So no play, no pl- no pay, no play, no pay. There you go. No play, no pay. Perfect. There you go. English class is done and over with for the night. Um, but I was going to say, too, uh, I also saw something where if they are like a liability to the team, for example, like they go to a club or they travel out of state or whatever, uh, they're automatically out for two weeks and they're not getting paid for those two weeks either. That's, that's what I saw on ESPN. It's an article that just came out a couple minutes ago, so that's going to be interesting to see as well. well of like, course, the NFL is, 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 is good with uh, not paying people. So Yeah, I don't think that that's going to be an issue for them at all. <laughs> I yeah. think my take on it is just with the same way as every other league. If the players want the protocols to hold up and if the staff want protocols to still be in effect and work if they want that to happen they will they can make it happen especially if they if they quarantine themselves if they have some sort of bubble potentially if they want it to happen it can happen but if they don't then i guess it doesn't it's kind of up to the guys who are internal right now and you know it'll show probably in the next few weeks if they really want these protocols to work and if they don't i guess we're not having football this fall so It'd be unfortunate, but everyone's got to do their part. Speaking of major impacts that we were talking about, Jamal Adams to the Seahawks, I think this is massive for the Seahawks defense. They were one of the worst defenses in the league last year. They had the sixth worst passing defense in all the NFL, and Jamal Adams is going to make a major impact for them immediately. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the trade involving Adams with the Jets and the Seahawks, the Jets got a 21 and 22 first round pick, a 21 third round pick, and then Bradley, or Bradley McDougald, and then the Seahawks got Jamal Adams in a 2022 fourth. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you, do you think that the Seahawks ended up winning this trade, or do you think the Jets are going to capitalize on those two first? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The Jets don't I mean, ever do that. Yeah. I mean, if you play for the Jets, are you really winning at all whatsoever in some sort of facet of your life? I don't think you are. I mean, so. you get paid a lot of money to not Suck. do anything. So, <laughs> you fire my uh, dad, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, to lose to Tom Brady, but not anymore. Um, yeah, I think the Seahawks won the trade. I don't know how big of an impact he will actually make because, like you said, they were the Sits' worst passing defense last year. It's hard for one man to make that big of a difference with that. I can see them being middle of the pack this year. Um, I think they could have the potential to win their division, especially with DK Metcalf um, developing as a receiver. He's a beast. He's a monster of a human being. Um, Russell Wilson's obviously one of the best three quarterbacks in the league. So I could see them competing for the division title. Um, I think it's going to be them and Arizona, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kyler Murray's going to take a big step this year. But the yeah, 49ers are in that division, too. Yeah, yeah, and, but it's Kyle Shanahan, so. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, they still went to the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, well, did. the Rams went to the Super Bowl two years ago, and then they didn't make the playoffs the next year. So. I, I, I wholeheartedly <laughs> think the 49ers are going to regress. They are. They yeah. really Although, no, the 49ers have better wide receivers this year, 100%. I think the it's going to be a three-way race. I don't think the Rams are going to compete. Um, especially with oh my fans. god, I forgot that they're they're all in the same to do. Right. That is which makes it so wild. Like, it's yeah, like nine and seven can win that division because everyone might split their division games. So, like, it's hard to pick out. And I think well, Jamal Adams will help, but I don't know if he would take them high enough to get to the Super Bowl. But I think he could take them to winning their division. He will for now. But here's the thing about Seattle: uh, Pete Carroll likes to develop guys. Seattle uses their draft picks like all over to develop guys, and that's how they went. That's how they were good for that. I don't know how they won team of the decade for cut that couple times that they did, but that's that's how they were in 2013 and 2015. Those are all drafted guys that got good. Losing those first round picks, okay. Right now, Jamal Adams might make an impact right away. Um, I wholeheartedly still believe that A. Jackson is better than, but hey, that's just my opinion. Probably Bart's too. Uh, <laughs> but I honestly think that in the future, they're gonna get screwed because of how much they gave up and not being able to develop the guys that they're used to developing that are that come from these schools that they draft from. So that's just my take. Well, I, I, I. I kind of look at this and kind of compare it to uh, Khalil, the Khalil Mack trade. And I think it's a solid trade for, for the Seahawks, but uh, pass rushes make such a larger impact than, than safeties, right? Cause a, a pass rusher can, uh, affects the play pretty much. All I mean, the, the front seven, the front seven, essentially, you know what I mean? They just, yeah. they all impact quicker, you know? They just kind of fall in two, three seconds. But and, and Jamal Adams, he's not going to be a big enough safety net to to fix all their problems everywhere else. Especially they really their, don't have good corners either. Their their corners are not are not great. Yeah, exactly. So I I think it's a bit much. Um, I still think the New York Jets are a garbage of a franchise, and they need to just clean house their front office. Just everyone, just get them all out of there, because Jamal Adams was such a great player and a leader. Like if if he wants to leave, then who's gonna even want to play for the Jets at all? So, yeah, I don't understand why Le'Veon Bell went there to begin with. I I wish I... Jamal Adams was the one. Like, yo, go to the Jets, bro. <laughs> And now he's gone. Psych. Yeah, it's just it's so odd. I mean, like he could have gotten any better. Like. Any, any, any other the Steelers? He could have just stayed there, and I to, of all. Well, no, I don't think he could have stayed with the Steelers. Yeah, you're well, absolutely, but I mean, they were just offering the same amount of money that the Jets were. Maybe they were like a million or two off, but I have to look closely. But honestly, it just, I don't know. I the Jets are a garbage franchise, absolutely. Uh, Sam Darnold is. I feel bad for that guy. He's already I, seeing ghosts. It's not yeah, gonna get any better. He said mono. He's seen ghosts. Maybe the ghost gave him mono. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Teo's girlfriend gave him mono. Yeah. Absolutely, that's the ghost that he saw when he was playing. Um, yeah, whatever that Monday night game was. Adam Gase is a trash coach. He really is. He looks like he's on crack all the time. Yeah, and he's a good offensive coordinator, but that that's he that's he, is. he just needs Absolutely. to stay. Um, uh, Josh Allen is one just more way better about... than Sam Darnold. So, but yeah, I, I and then I just want to make one more point about uh, Seattle. Um, they still don't really have an offensive line. So they got Jamal Adams. 
but their offensive line is still is still pretty trash. And uh, giving up those uh, the next two first round picks, uh, they're not going to be able to fill those holes. So that's that's going to become an issue very quickly. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know. That's it'll be tough for them for the season, but you know, it's the Jets. What are you going to do? Uh, well, let's move on uh, to some Major League Baseball talk. It's our first live sports talk that we can actually say and as of this recording we've only had three games to really talk about um which is fine it's been given us a little bit of a a little bit of a talking point to see kind of where everybody is at the moment but what are you guys' opening weekend thoughts so far just three games in which in reality for a normal season is more like 10 games in um, I was, yeah, I was watching the Nationals and the Yankees, for example, for the f- first game, and I thought, I was like, eh, it, it's not going to be a good game. The pitchers are going to be, you know, Scherzer and uh, Scherzer and uh, Gary Cole, and then standing in that bomb, I'm like, okay, all right, I'm excited now. I'm, I'm good. Let's go. We're good. We're good to go. <laughs> Opening day was so wild. I, I bet the over for everything and it pretty much went the complete opposite on the first day. It, it yeah. was, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy. And then, uh, yesterday, Saturday, it all, all the overs were, were pretty much hit. So it has been, it has been a wild ride and yeah, I don't know how the rest of this season is going to go, but it's, I'm, I'm fascinated. I am, I'm intrigued. I'm in yeah. it. The Tigers also, uh, the Tigers beat the Reds twice, right? Correct, sir. Yeah. Two, sir. Tigers Calm are two down. and one. The Tigers down. are two and one. The Tigers yeah. are two and one. <laughs> sir, I'm getting there. Um, but yeah, Bart, to your point, I thought that the hitters would adapt quicker than the pitchers, but the pitchers stayed in great shape across the league. Like you're looking at all these first three guys in the rotation, they all look good. They all stayed in shape, and then you can see the hitters, and they're all sluggish and slow, and a little out of shape all looking like Pablo Sandoval. Um, so it's going to take a couple of weeks for the bats to truly start clicking around the league. Um, John Carlos Stanton is looking good. But, yeah, so far the division leaders are Baltimore, <laughs> Cleveland, <laughs> and Detroit are tied. Uh, then we have Miami in first in the NL East. And then Colorado is leading the NL West. What a wild first weekend. Um, yeah. And the number one hitter in baseball. Guess what team he plays for? Orioles. The Orioles. The yeah. Marlins. Miguel Rojas. Miguel Rojas is the number one. Is it the he homers? Has, he has seven hits and ten at-bats, one double, one triple, one home run, five RBIs, and a 2,050 OPS. So, good. That's incredible. Who's, like, who do the Marlins play? Opening Retire right opening, now. Opening uh, series? Uh, they, who, did, who did they play? They played Philadelphia. That's right. Really? Huh. Yeah. Yeah, well, so apparently trash. Miguel Rojas should have got a $350 million deal, not Bryce Harper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, but, yeah, it was a wild weekend. It was fun. The Twins and White Sox, oh, my God, the AL Central was going to be fun to watch all year. Um, the Twins had, what, 13 home or thirteen runs today? Yeah. Nelson the Sox had, like, had, eight uh, yesterday. Like, whew. Nelson Cruz had two homers, so that was fun. <laughs> Nelson Cruz is the second hitter in baseball. Yeah, with a 1,956 
OPS. Just absurd so far. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for baseball. It's going to be a fun season. Um, yeah, you know, I'm pounding the overs on, on whoever the White Sox and Twins, whenever they play together, is just pounding the over. Uh, the Twins are playing, or the Cardinals are playing at the Twins the next series. Oh, Jesus. Over on the Twins. They're going to yeah. have 27 home runs a game. Is Flaherty going to start one of those games? He, is, uh, right? he no. will start the third game. Oh, God. Well, rip. Oh, yeah, he will. You're right. <laughs> My bad. So, I think the biggest thing right now, we talked about the Marlins too, but COVID testing in Major League Baseball. And from what, from what I read or what I saw somewhere, I think it was on Twitter, but the Marlins can't travel back to Miami now because they had a mini outbreak. Yeah, one thought it was positive before the season began, and then now you got this. So it's gonna. <laughs> but they just have a possible outbreak. It's not that somebody was exposed to it, but they don't know if anyone actually has it yet. So they gotta okay. wait for tests to come back before they can actually travel, which is two um, days. Yeah. Um, Honestly, it's just a bump in the road, in my opinion. You guys know how so. the how, how where the tests go, right? You guys know where the MLB tests go. To a, to a place, what, to, to a, a lab, testing facility, to a lab in Utah, <laughs> to a lab in Utah, and they have to wait two days for these test results. So Why they can it... be two days backed up. And so, for example, in Juan Soto's case, he tested positive. That was two days before he, uh, two days after, you know, he tested positive, essentially. So like now you got to think about like they played the intro squad games, they played this game, and he was exposed to he was exposing other guys like. The MLB protocols, I don't know. I mean, apparently uh, the NHL, the NBA, and the MLS all have the same one where you can get the test result back in 24 hours. But this is – that's crazy to me that they're allowing this to happen. Well, like the NHL and the NBA is all in Orlando. Like that's where the testing facility is. The NHL has it in each of their hub cities. So I don't get why MLB wouldn't use labs in each city because they're in major cities. They have Either that or like major cities around them, you know, like do like three or four, not a lab in Utah, for yeah. Christ's sake. Like, or like if you're using Utah, use that for like the AL West and then get one for the NL West. And yeah, then exactly. Like do for division, do something so it's broken up. But yeah, that's weird. Like the two Braves catchers, like they were symptomatic for two days, but didn't have test results back, which I thought was weird. And that makes a lot of sense that it takes two days for them to get their test back. But we got to see Wilson Contreras' brother hit his uh, first his first at-bat was a double. So that was pretty cool to see. An RBI double. <laughs> RBI double, absolutely. So that Wilson was awesome. Contreras was tweeting about it. He was a proud little older brother, so that was cool. That's that awesome. Dope. You love to see that type of success, you know, have a guy get his first, first chance in the majors. So congrats to... Uh, Wilson Contreras' little brother. All right, I have one more thing. I know we were talking about this today at Top Golf when we were all yeah. together. Uh, so prediction: the Cubs are going to be sellers in the Central. What do you Why? guys think? Not after today's game. I want to. I want to hear you. <laughs> after one game. I want After one you. game. Seal the season. Oh, it's over. No. They're no. selling right now. Wait, it's wait, not that. Wait, They're on the wait, phone. <laughs> wait, Kevin. Why do you think that? Yeah. So. I mean, their bullpen is just so weak that they showed on Saturday's game that if, even if their starter does well, their bullpen's going to destroy them. Um, thankfully, today they got out of it, but Bart said, like, on Saturday's game, they went through five pitchers. Yeah, with the new rule that says, hey, you're facing at least three batters, and you still go through five relievers in one night? Like, oh, that's bad. Um, I don't think 
just with how hitters have looked, like, although it's been weird, like some games, like it's offensive explosion. In some games, there's nobody can make contact with the ball. So I just think that if the Cubs bats can't keep up with their bullpen, uh, it's going to not be great. And they have so much money on the books coming up because Rizzo is about to be up on contract. Javi's going to be up. They've had to put his contract extension on hold because of the COVID outbreak. And they're losing so much money because they did all the Wrigley renovations and Wrigley Bill renovations. Um, it's going to be hard for that family to keep that income with no fans. So they're going to have to sell if they're not in a contending spot. Well, first of all, if I may say uh, Rizzo, not, not Rizzo, what am I saying? Uh, the who oh my who's the Cubs president Ricketts? There you go, Ricketts. He's a big piece of shit. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, Kevin, you mentioned Rizzo, KB, Javi, Contreras, Schwarber, all up after this season. I see them. I don't see them like doing a fire sale per se. I we'll figure that out after twenty games. If after twenty games they're like half ten and ten, you know, even twelve and whatever, I I sure maybe that's a definite possibility. But if they're like 15 and five, you know, they're pitching still lackluster, but the offense is finally getting there and they're getting run. The pitchers are getting run support. I, I, I don't think they're going to give up that easily, um, but there will be someone traded uh, in my deep down in my gut. I believe it's going to be Kyle Schwarber and or Wilson Contreras just to avoid, you know, those two. They're going to want money. I mean, they want a world series. Now the next step is to get money. And I think Schwarber is going to, have a payday himself, but I just don't know where he would go, and I don't think the Cubs are going to be a good fit for him, especially wallet-wise with that. So, yeah. Kyle Schwarber's more of a DH. He can't really do anything Which, else. Well, like that's yeah, his fielding it. skills are horrible. I mean, I he's such a bad left fielder. But he like, really is. Now with the universal DH, he has a spot in the Cubs roster. So For now, I mean, if the thing is, like, the Cubs will have to know if this is an ongoing rule. If the DH is, like, a rule beyond 2020, 2021, 2022, uh, yes, they but they have to know that, and that's how they're going to pay him as a DH. He's not going to be – he might, like, see the left field spot here, there some days, but he's he's going to be mainly a DH if that rule persists. Either way, Victor Carantini is, is uh, more valuable to him because – he can he can hit and he's a really solid catcher. So absolutely, he's a good bat in the lineup too. So yeah, so I just I think he's a bit of a a, a wasted spot. Um, Tyler Chatwood was trash <laughs> last year, but he actually went six innings, eight strikeouts, and one earned run. I mean, he did. I don't know what happened, but. I wouldn't get really your well today. hopes up. I'm not going to get my hopes up. With one two, three, two, three games. We'll see, Bart. Like, I, I get it. I totally understand. Like, I'm excited for him today. But two, three games. And that's the same thing with me when it goes to, to when it comes to Darvish. Because, like, Darvish, I, whatever, this game. But I'll give him two, three games, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I feel like Darvish should be fine. But Chetwood, I definitely don't think he can hold that up. And then the uh, the relief pitcher that, that came after him, Casey uh, Sadler. Oh, fucking no, it doesn't matter. It's not going to last long. Uh, he, uh, he he walked too and only got one out, and then they put in Kyle Ryan. Kyle Ryan was actually pretty solid last year. He, he was a solid relief pitcher. Yeah, I mean, Brad Wick and Kyle Ryan are probably the, the better of the, of the bullpen, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely see. I think next week for episode 25, 
I think we're going to have a better idea of where Major League Baseball is going to be. But up until then, it's just kind of all speculation. Well, we're going to mix it up just a little bit. We do like to do a segment called our false top five. And for those of you who have been here before, you know exactly what we're talking about. So uh, for those of you who don't, I think you'll get the gist here in just a little bit. Matt, let's start with you. What's your what's your top five for the week? Oh, show. So my false top five are your to- false top five side dishes, which happen to be your side dishes at Thanksgiving. But I guess we'll just go over that a couple months early. Um, I'll go five through one. Five, uh, and this, this any dinner, uh, boiled vegetables. Like, really? Come on now. Number four, green bean casserole. Uh no, sorry. Not even green beans alone. Number three are Brussels sprouts, but Brussels sprouts that are boiled. Uh, Brussels sprouts with butter and salt are okay, but they're full of, like, you know, calories and cholesterol and everything will go up. But boiled Brussels sprouts, nah. Number two, I love mac and cheese, but just plain mac and cheese. I've seen it before. I've tasted it before. Just plain mac and cheese is just not good. Yes, Chris? What's your definition of plain mac and cheese? So, there's my definition. Macaroni and just cheese. Yeah, but the thing is, like, okay, all right. Let me, let me. Do you need bacon in that too? <laughs> Are you like talking about like the like Twitter picture that went viral of just like macaroni noodles with like American cheese slices on top of it? Is that your basic mac and cheese? Essentially, <laughs> the Kraft mac and cheese ain't that good. I don't personally like it. The Velveeta yeah, one is fantastic. I, I no. No, I'm sorry. Get but get Annie's. Here's a thing. It's, it's organic. The plain mac and cheese ain't doing it for me, but like my mac and cheese, since we're on the topic, needs bacon, barbecue sauce, put hot sauce on there. Sauce. Barbecue. Bart, you love barbecue sauce. I and do everything love barbecue sauce. This? Okay. Try it. If okay, I'll just try stop it. you right there. Go to Noodles and try their uh, barbecue pork mac and cheese so yes. it changes it changes your life fantabulous absolutely like i'm talking about, like that mac and cheese gives me life plain mac and cheese gives me death right i guess we could say that whatever um and uh, then number one kill you yeah no it's not gonna Probably kill means you're allergic to it but <laughs> and number one um i don't know how people like this and if you guys do i just don't want to hear it cranberry whatever sauce canned it all sucks. It, it's horrible. Just, it, it gets me when you open up the can and then the cranberry just falls out whole and then people eat that. Like, are you kidding me? Cranberries are cranberries. They're not meant to be eaten in a gel glob. So, yeah, there you go. Those are my false top five side dishes. <laughs> Love it. Next week, oh. we expect a false top five mac and cheese list. Uh, you know, I can do it. It's fine. That's okay. <laughs> Well, tell us what you think. Did Matt get his list right, or would you have something different? Be sure to tell us in the comments of this episode. Coming up, we have some predictions for you from the Eastern Conference in the upcoming NHL playoff. Some of our predictions may surprise you, but others you might be able to guess. We'll dive right into it after this break. Are you an athlete or do you know any athletes that want to improve their performance and reach their potential? If you answered yes to that, then you need to visit 
Alpha Sport Performance. Alpha Sport Performance is a new athlete training company that aims to elevate your athletic performance by offering sports psychology skills, training, customized strength, strength training programs, personalized nutrition coaching, and the best part, all sessions are completely virtual. That means no matter where you are, you can meet with your coach to get the training you need. ASP offers a unique ability to get all your training needs in one place. Their coaches have worked with athletes from multiple sports, including tennis, basketball, volleyball, lacrosse, cycling, and more, from the high school level all the way up to international elite athletes. To check out their services and schedule a free consultation, go to alphasportperformance.com. Again, that's alphasportperformance.com. In my opinion, I think that the Eastern Conference is the most unpredictable side of the bracket for the NHL playoffs coming up this Saturday because there's so many teams that could get to the final. There's so many teams that have the ability to get there, and I think it's going to be a complete crapshoot to who actually ends up playing for the Cup from the Eastern Conference. Let's get into the some NHL talk here because realistically, we're probably going to spend the most amount of time on this one just because we know the most about it, right? Major League Baseball, we're only three games in. NFL just kind of started to get their stuff together if they have. NBA is just playing some scrimmage games at the moment. So the NHL, we can spend a little bit more time on just because it's more defined and we know exactly what's pretty much going to happen starting this Saturday, August 1st. Guys, what are you thinking? What are we thinking for the for the Eastern Conference so far? My favorite uh, in that, in the East, for me, Capitals. I love the Caps. Prior to the break, they, actually, they won the Metro. Um, so this being actually their fifth straight year doing that. Uh, to me, they actually play a great tune-up round robin. Like, you cannot ask for better opponents for a tune-up for the playoffs. You face the Bruins, you face the Flyers, and you face the Lightning. I see them going two and one. Will they grab the first spot? Will they grab the, I, I either I don't know, uh, but first or second for sure. Uh the break definitely an advantage for them for vets like Ovi, Backstrom, TJ Oshi, Kuznetsov Carlson, even Holpe, he's gonna I'll get into that. Um they even added Ilya Kovalchak at the break. So they're all they're all fully healthy too. There's no injuries at all whatsoever. I mean, you see Ovi, he had a career year. He's a beast. He's always been a beast and will continue to be a beast in my eyes. They have two very good goalies to go to. Now, the thing is that changed because Samsonov is not traveling with them anymore. Hopefully, they didn't have the best year, but in the NHL, anything can happen. He can get super hot in playoffs. Um, unfortunately, they don't have Samsonov to go to. He had a very strong rookie season. Hopefully, he gets better by uh, by the time he plays. Maybe he starts, sits out the round robin. So that's not too important for them right now. But when they get to that first round, it's going to be. Um, he could definitely provide go- good goaltending too. Uh, and last but certainly not least, I think the defense is going to be key. I mean, you have John Carlson, uh, Orloff, you know, guys like that, you know, Radko Gudas would probably be the odd man out here, but I don't think he's needed on that team. And then the big if for them is the power play. Uh, they're only 15% on the power play this season, so they got to fix that shit. Once they fix it, I I see them going all the way. Like I said last week, you know, Caps and Blues in, in the Stanley Cup final. 
That's actually really shocking, too, because when you have a guy like Ovi who just sits at the top of the left circle, just waiting for that slap shot, that's kind of surprising to see that they have that low of a power play. Yeah, Especially I mean, with John Carl- Carlson dishing it in the bag, too. Yeah, absolutely. And they also do have 12 players from the accompanying team. So, you know, I, they have one of the best top sixes in the game. It's, it's, uh, with them being fully healthy, anything can happen, absolutely, especially this year. But plus, their odds are 11 to 1. So that's good odds to bet on, Bart. <laughs> well, funny you should say that because I actually have them ranked fourth. Um, I have I have Tampa ranked number one, Boston two, Flyers three, Capitals four. So I actually think those three really? teams are even. Like, they're they're more complete teams than than the Capitals. Huh? Okay. So I also like their goalies better than the Capitals. So yeah, I mean, Holpe wasn't what by no means he's he wasn't the best like him. Uh, version of him at all this season. I mean, they were fortunate enough to have Samson off, but I just don't know what's going to be happening. So we'll see. If just, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very tough. And, and Holby, he he's always needed some sort of a push, and now he really doesn't have one. Um. So I my yeah. My, if he sucks, they have no one to go to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They won't. They won't really be be able to pull him out. Uh. But my team to look for is actually the Flyers. Because if if Carter Hart can get to a, a strong start, I think that they're probably one of the toughest teams in that in that uh, conference. So that's that's my my main surprise pick there. I, I I'm actually picking them to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Ooh, and then losing, but <laughs> yeah, Spicy. I. <laughs> Yeah, I I have them going uh, against Tampa in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then Tampa moving on. I just think that it's Tampa Bay has been such a complete team for so long. I think they're so tired of the narrative that they they choke, and they're fully they're fully rested. I uh, they seem super motivated, so I I just think that this is the year that Tampa Bay makes it all the way through. All right. Well, I picked Colorado to win it all the way, um, and against Tampa, that would be that'd be that'd be really awesome. Tampa Bay versus Colorado, be a, a crazy scoring match. And uh, you know what? I will I will give Tampa Bay their first Stanley Cup this year. Well, mm. not their first, but <laughs> I um, their first I, of the Stamkos era. But. Yeah, pretty much. I th- I think they'll 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 finally pull through, especially with Stamkos finally actually healthy. So, yeah, that's that's those are my picks right there. All right, Bart, I'm gonna crush your hopes and dreams real quick. I mean, you're not gonna crush my hopes and dreams because you don't actually play. And uh, okay, my so you don't to- you don't. You don't My make a difference between <laughs> who's, <laughs> you're, who's going to win. You're correct, so, sir. Well, my pick is going to treasure hopes and dreams. Are you sure Kevin uh, doesn't, doesn't play in the NHL? Like, I saw him in a sling the other day. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I just yeah, hit my shoulder in a game on October 10th. Yeah. Whoever the Blues are playing that night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, um, 
I I like the Columbus Blue Jackets in this playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the East by any means, um, but I do think they're going to be a nice Cinderella story this year. They had eight somewhat significant injuries on their lineup this year. The most important five were Cam Atkinson, who had a fractured ankle, Seth Jones, who broke his ankle, Olivier Bjorkstrand, who fractured his ankle, <laughs> um, <laughs> Alexandre Tetsier. Is that how you say it, Bart? Yeah, pretty much. Mess, mess Tetsier. French names. Tessier, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you had Josh Anderson, um, who was supposed – or who got hurt March 8th and would not have been for the actual playoffs that they were on time, but he should be back, and he is traveling to the bubble. So that's awesome. And then Brandon Dubinsky has also not been able to play all year, and he's not looking like he's going to come back. But that's still seven of nine guys that were injured all year um, that are coming back. That's huge. And all season, people counted them out after losing uh, Bob and Panarin last summer. No one expected them to be anywhere close to contending for a playoff spot. They were supposed to be contending for uh, Lafreniere. And now they're here. So I think they're going to upset the Maple Leafs in the play-in round. Which no I don't think that's an upset. That. Yeah. I think a lot of people yeah. think that Columbus is going to yeah. choke out Toronto. I mean, yeah, probably, but like seating wise, it's an upset technically, but I yeah, think it's true. Columbus is the favorites in that. Um, I want then, Columbus to win. Toronto has absolutely no business losing, but they will find a way to lose. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and that leads into the, my Nets team. Uh, somehow the Blue Jackets and Lightning are going to match up against each other. <laughs> and back to back years, the Blue Jackets are going to sweep the Lightning. It's going to be great. Yeah, I in my like little bracket, I have the Blue Jackets uh, running into Boston. Oof, I don't like and that I, one. Yeah, I, no, I don't like you that matchup. That you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think I think the Blue Jackets are going to get past the playing round. They're going to get past the first round, depending on who they run into in the semifinals. I could see them making the Eastern Conference Finals. It'd be tough. But I think they would be the type of awesome Cinderella story team that with such a crappy 2020, it'd be cool to see a team that lost everything this past summer actually like come through and play good team hockey. Like they have a top three defenseman in Seth Jones. He's coming back fully healthy. Like that's going to be huge for them. They have two phenomenal goalies in Jonas Corposalo and Elvis Merzlikens. Like I think this team is a dark horse to go far in the playoffs. And I would not write them up by any means. I definitely agree with that. And if they if they run into the the Caps in, in the second round, I think that they can take the Caps on. I agree with that. I think the Bruins would be the hardest team for them to beat out of absolutely the four like seeded teams. Um, and I think they could beat the Flyers, but Boston is one hundred percent the 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 toughest for them to beat because they're well the, the flyers too just because the the flyers they're really solid all around uh that would actually be a really fun matchup flyers and uh blue jackets depending on how carter hart plays that's that's that, that's what i'm really riding on here with with the flyers is carter hart needs to play well which he he was a top goalie at home but he was a pretty below average goalie away, so I'm kind of nervous. Every but... game is technically away. So. Yeah, it's not gonna matter. It's it won't technically if neutral. You're Toronto or <laughs> unless you're Toronto or Edmonton, you know. That's true. Um, but like one other thing with the Flyers, like, are they going to play the first half Flyers where they weren't that good, or are they going to play as hot as they were going into the break? 
they, they did all have this... a very long layoff. That is very, very true. And so that's what I'm, I'd be yeah. worried about if, as I well. Mean, the second, the second the half, the Flyers were really, really good. Yeah. So, so if they can keep building off that momentum and like play like they didn't have a four month layoff. And we'll Oscar Lindblom beat cancer and he signed an extension. I think that that when you when you listen to to them talking like like interviews and stuff like that, you listen to um oh god what's his name? Number twelve. I'm losing it. Uh not Jimmy Hayes. Uh Kevin the other Hayes. one. What? Kevin Hayes? Kevin Hayes. Yeah, when you listen to Kevin Hayes uh, talk on Spitting Chicklets about his team, they seem like they're so, so, so tight. And I feel like that's really important for, for a, a playoff run. So, I don't know, man. That that team is super dangerous. And the, their second half was phenomenal. So, for sure. So, who's your cup winner, Bart? Uh, I'm picking Tampa. Tampa. It's a uh, solid pick. That'd but be a it, good series. It's, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's kind of the the easy pick, but with Tampa just losing in the first two rounds, like the past few years, like it's it's. It, I just think it's about that, time. Well, that's what I was gonna say too. But like, with, and they made so many anything, trades, especially with anything can happen. Part of it, like, okay, yes, Tampa has had that uh, like reputation of losing in the first round. That's exactly why I chose the Caps over Tampa was because of that. Now, flip side, I might have chosen Tampa, of course. Again, I will mention this again. All, all of our Canadian listeners, especially in Toronto, Toronto has no business losing in the first round. Will they, though? Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised if they, no, they do have it'd business be a losing, suite. though, because <laughs> their defense is shit. Yeah, and uh, Anderson, he, he he's a very slow starter. So so talk about layoffs. Like I think this hurts uh, uh, Anderson the most because it it takes him a while to get up to game speed. So and their defense is awful. They're gonna have to score at at an insane rate and. Playing the well, Blue Jackets, the clump, that is not the Blue a good Jackets habit. are a defensive team with two great goalies. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, but on the flip side, you, you do have you know John Tavares, you know, uh, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, you know, guys like that that can definitely score goals, especially Austin Matthews. I mean, he was very close to leading goal scoring at the end of the season, but was it good enough to uh, uh, consistently win in the in the regular season? Though, exactly. So. That is, yeah, exactly. That's that's where I was gonna go to. Toronto finds a way to just uh, like choke. That's that's all I can say. So I'm gonna get into mine here. Uh, I'm just gonna say it without kind of going in too much detail with how they got there. This is just kind of based off a of feeling, but I'll just say it. Boston is going to the cup final. The Bruins are going to the cup final, and I think they do it pretty convincingly. The reason for that is that they have the best first line in the league by far. You can't beat their first line with Marshan, Bergeron, and Pasternak. It's, I think there are comparables. It's electric. I, there's comparables, but I think that they are still the best line. They're very in the NHL. good. Um, they have the second best power play in the league. They have the third best penalty kill in the league and their defensive pairings are absolutely stacked. Like I think their first, second and third defensive pairings are 
probably the best in the NHL, and I think their second pairing is the best in the NHL. Um, so, again, you guys know me. I'm a big defensive guy. I'm a big guy. I'm a big defense wins championships type of mentality. Um, and honestly, with eight shutouts this year, I think they have the best goalie tandem in the league too because Halak was standing on his head the entire season. Tuka Rask is just going to be Tuka Rask. And with those eight shutouts, that's going to be tough for the rest of the league or at least the rest of the Eastern Conference. You can never count Pittsburgh out. I will say that. And I don't, yeah, and I don't, and I don't, I'm not going to discredit that either. My only problem with Boston is their other three forward lines. Their second line, their second forward line is, isn't great. Their third line is pretty decent and their fourth line is just God awful. So that is my biggest concern for them because when that first forward line is, how long do you think those guys would be on the ice? Let's say 20 minutes. I also together. heard that they're planning on breaking up the the perfection line. So, well, um, let's just, I'm just, I'm thinking of this and that might happen, but I'm just thinking of this if they don't. Right. So when they're on the ice for those 20 minutes, the other 40 minutes of the game, I think that's a huge issue for Boston um, because I'm looking at their fourth line. They got uh, Joakim Nordstrom, uh, Par Lindholm, and then Chris Wagner. Like they have no depth whatsoever. And I think that's their biggest problem. So if they have to bring either one of those three guys up to one of their top nine lines and they have to bring someone up from a healthy scratch, that's going to be a problem for them. They don't have a lot of depth. And if they keep that first line where it is, then that's a good chunk of the majority of the game that they're going to have to deal with their, their bottom nine, uh, bottom nine forwards. But, you know, the rest of the, the rest of the roster is pretty good. It's just five on five lines or four lines, two through four that really concern me for them. Yeah, that's fair. I think, like going back to last week when I said either the Blues or the Avalanche are going to come out of the West and they're going to win the Cup, it's because you looked at both the Blues and Avs. They have so much depth on their team, both forward and defensively, and they both have pretty good goalies. Yeah, like, well, I think I think Tampa has a lot of depth too. I yeah, think that it's it's just that that stigma of of like ah, oh, like no one really expects them to to go all the way anymore. Uh, but yeah, definitely the the Blues and and Avs have the most depth on both defense and offense, honestly. So that's why I'm going with it. I know that I picked the Avs to win the West last week, and I think that the Avalanche would beat the Bruins in probably six or seven games. I don't know if I doubt that they sweep them or beat them in five. I think that first line for Boston just wins them a couple of games by themselves. But like I said, just the bottom nine just really concerned me about them. And I think the abs would beat the speed of Boston any day, any time. Um, because the abs have speed up and down their lineup, up and down their roster. The Bruins don't whatsoever. I think the Bruins are a very slow team. They're just they big and the, physical. Like, second oldest team in the league. Or I, like yeah, that? I think something like that. They're in the top, I think, probably, I don't know, five, but definitely the top ten and oldest teams in the league. Yeah, I think they go Sharks and then Bruins. Like, they're yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah but I, I they just heard that don't. This, 
this could be the Boston's like last hurrah, pretty much. I think it will they be split up. I think it really will be because the the Avs are just a young, fast, mobile team. And the reason, and this is just me, but the reason I think that the Blues were able able to beat the Bruins last year, they're both big physical teams, but it's one of those things where the Avs will just be able to blow right by them. And I think that's just going to be an easier series for for Colorado because I think Boston's just going to be worn down, and I think speed is just going to be what's going to kill kill the Bruins. So with that being said... I think if the Bruins and the Lightning meet, that's going to be an interesting series. Oh, for sure. I I actually had Boston losing to the Flyers in the in the semifinals. Um. So yeah, I I'm really riding on Carter Hart playing really well, and that that team is just like I don't know. You you could just feel the the energy that they have. Uh, and I mean uh, Sean Couturier. Uh, Cloud Giroux, Jacob Jacob Voracek, that's that, that's their top line right there. And then you have Travis Konechny uh, on the second line, and he was he was up there in goals too. And, and you have Kevin Hayes, who who's a great leader on that team. So, I mean, I the East is going to be very interesting because we're going to have a lot of goalie changes, um, or at least some new faces in goal. So. And there's just so many, so so many wild cards. That like the the Rangers, the Rangers are gonna make some sort of a push. I don't know how far they'll get, but they'll be really fun to watch for sure. So I just have one comment about the perfection line in Boston. I don't know if you guys have noticed the same thing, but Pasta at the start of every season, he likes to get penalties at a ridiculously high rate. Well, he also showed up to camp late because because he's unfit to play or whatever. Yeah. So. What if Pasta comes in and doesn't have that much ice time because he's constantly taking penalties at the restart? That's going to be huge for Boston if they're constantly on the penalty kill and Bergeron's just out of energy. Pasta's not on the ice. Like that'd be rough. Well, the the first few games are going to be against Tampa Flyers and Caps. So yeah, uh, but that's only like three warm up games, so to speak. Like yeah, what if he's not out of his? It's a fair point, especially especially during the uh, the following round. So I think that would just be something interesting to look at. You could definitely slow Boston down, but I don't know. I they're just a really complete team, though. I I I gotta say that they they win at least one round. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. And, I mean, it doesn't it, really matter who comes out of that play playing game. I think Boston steamrolls them. Tukarask has been one of the best goalies uh, this season. So, and Halak. I mean, if there was a if there was an award for a backup goalie, um, Halak would win it every year. Halak would win it easily because I, I think that Yaroslav Halak is a top fifteen goalie this year in the league. Yeah, I think he could start for any most team teams. in the bottom. Yeah, most teams in the league. I think he's been that good, and it's been kind of a resurgence of his career kind of late in his career but um i'm just kind of looking at the lines right now and the thing is is that i think if the abs and the bruins meet in the cup final i think the biggest question that you have to ask is 
who do you like more, especially when they line up with that first forward line? Do you like Marshan, Bergeron, or Pasternak? Or do you like Landeskog, McKinnon, or Mika Rantanen? It's a tough, it's a tough argument, tough. I think. Uh, I would take the Avs first line, to be honest. Just their speed. They're going to blow by anybody that steps foot on the ice. The the Avs weren't also weren't healthy all year until now. So uh, Nathan McKinnon really had to like really pull uh, that team by himself for for quite a bit. So so that team all together that'll be exciting. I think episode twenty six when we have that when that's going to be released on August tenth is going to be a fun one for us to record because by then. All the playing games are going to, or the uh, qualifiers are going to be done. We're going to know exactly what type of, what uh, the playoff picture looks like. And better yet, the very next day, and we'll be able to talk about this on the 27th, or not the 27th, episode 27, that will be released on the 17th of August. There we go. Is who gets the number one pick. I can't wait. So... The next couple of weeks for hockey is going to be really exciting. It's going to be really exciting to talk about. It's going to be really exciting to, to follow. And also on the 17th, we're going to be able to finally start some NBA playoffs. So it's going to be fun. So something else exciting happened in the NHL too. The Seattle franchise, which was supposed to be announced at the All-Star break, you know, seven months ago, finally got its name and it got its identity earlier last week. We now have the Seattle Kraken. What do you guys think about the name, the logo, jersey scheme? Like, give us some of your quick thoughts on it because my personal opinion, I really like the the name. I, I like the logo and the color scheme. It's something extremely unique to the NHL. And I think it's kind of a fresh thing that, that the league kind of needed. Release yeah. the Kraken. <laughs> I agree, Chris. I love the name. I love the uh, primary logo. The secondary logo kind of looks like clip art, but it's not terrible. Um, seeing the apparel is great. The jerseys look dope. I will absolutely buy one. Um, yeah, once Petro goes there. You watch your dirty. Uh, Yo, he could though. <laughs> he to- he could totally be there. You don't have nightmares now. Threw you off guard there. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, I think everything about Seattle's the release video was dope. The jerseys are dope. Everything's amazing. Excited to eventually go catch a game there. Hopefully with you guys, we can be crackheads in the crack house. Chilling with our crack whores. <laughs> oh, oh boy, that took a turn. Those are no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. No, because those are like they're avid fans. Those are like the diehards, the crack whores. You know. I like it. I there like you it. Go. With I the, sure. Took a good turn, Kevin. I don't know if that's actually going to stick. I think just their avid fans are going to be crackheads, but at the crack house. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I like everything about it. Um. They're my third favorite NHL team now. So their uh their Twitter bio uh it says now that we have a name we're strategizing all the ways to draft your favorite player. <laughs> I swear to God they take Petro. Yeah. I I I really like the logo. The S. 
Um, I mean, other than the fact that it looks like Seagram's, I think it looks <laughs> really cool that it has like the eye up top, right? I, I, I think it's really cool. I do like the colors. I'm not a big fan of like the jersey color scheme, but I mean, that that's that's okay. Could have done a little and, bit better, but I, I do like the jersey overall, I will say. Yeah, I think the colors are super unique, though. I think it is really cool. I think it is. I think those colors are Seattle. They are Seattle, literally. Yeah. That's all, you, all you're saying is that, like, either the green or the blue. It's like or... a gloomy blue. Like, um, I like that they didn't go the same, like, neon green route as the Seahawks or, like, the ugly green of the Mariners. Like, they use this mint color and it looks really nice. Yeah. I will say, though, if they do release a third jersey, just whole mint, full send, whole mint, mint blue. Tiffany blue, whatever it is, just do that with the white lettering. Oh my god, that'd be super dope. Yeah, and I I really like their secondary logo. I think the anchor is really cool. Yeah, it I didn't notice that really until like a thin time. <laughs> it's simple, but I think it's really cool. Did you guys know that the top of that anchor is the space needle? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I just Which like after really the tenth or eleventh time looking at it, it still nice. looks like clip art. Like they could have put some more effort into it. I think they could have done something cool with tentacles or something, but I'm not a professional graphic designer, but I could have done better than the Chicago Fire did. I cannot wait to see their mascot. Um, honestly, it's gonna I be like, a core. Uh, oh be boy! <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it's totally fine, Kevin. <laughs> Actually, I already know what the the mascot is. I found a leak. Is it Kraken? No. It's a shark. Oh, a shark. It's a shark named Terrence Sanko. Oh, <laughs> love it. <I'm> so, <laughs> so what I, you're I, saying is Terrence Sanko is going to Seattle? Okay. No, Terrence Sanko. Taren with two ends. Yeah, Terrence Sanko. <laughs> That's Taren also a Sanko. reference to our to our uh, gaming channel, our Twitch channel. So if you haven't checked that out, be sure to do that and subscribe to that because we have a lot of fun playing NHL 3s on there. Um, but I think I think the Kraken are going to be an NHL favorite. I think that Vegas was a lot more... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? They weren't as well liked when they first came in because a lot of people thought that their name was like a high school hockey team and their color or their colors were just kind of weird. And the Jersey was just, they, yeah, they could, could, totally could have done like the Vegas aces. Oh my God. It would have been so much better. And that's that would have been cool. But I, I like the golden Knights name. I don't mind it. I like well, it now. It like grew on me, but I didn't like it at first. I, I liked the aces too. And then the WNBA team sw- swept in and took that, which I was happy that they did. But honestly, their jersey and the name has grown on me, and then you know the the jersey and the Kraken too will will grow on me too, even though I like it already. Um, and it'll just be a part of part of the NHL, so it'll be it'll be fun yeah, to actually see. Super play. exciting! And then I think they they already announced that Arizona is moving to the Central, right? Yep, yep. That's so official. Arizona, yep. Arizona is moving to the Central, and we'll have actual even divisions in the in the NHL for the first time in about three years. So that'll be that'll be a nice little change. Super exciting that the league is growing like this. So it's it's really awesome. They should get up to fifty teams. Just full send a team in every state. Just do it like the uh, the English leagues where uh, if you lose, you just drop. Oh, that would be crazy. I think that'd be really cool. 
It what do you got to name the team in North Dakota? The North Dakota statue, not statue. Oh my God! What is the, the statues? The no, Mount, Mount Rushmores. Yeah, there you go. The Mount Rushmores. <laughs> North Dakota more rushes. <laughs> okay. More rushes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, there's one bit of logic that you're flawed in. Mount Rushmore is in South, South Dakota. Dakota. I apologize. Oh. <laughs> I had no idea either. I just figured that's what you were talking about. I apologize to my diehard uh, Mount Rushmore fans out there. That's pretty insulting to me, Matt. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I've never been there. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) But let's move on to another false top five. We'll keep that moving. Kevin, what do you got for your top five this week? I got an actual top five. It's not a false top five this week. Well, it might be to some people, but I think it's real. Um, You might have noticed it with our intro song this week but mine are the top five songs to get white people hyped uh, all right <laughs> I like honestly it. i could not rank you these one through five because depending on who you talk to it's going to be a different order and so these are just the top five in general um number one or five whichever one you want to say uh we're gonna go with sweet home alabama Everyone knows the words to it. You're born knowing the words to Sweet Home Alabama if you're born in the USA. Uh, <laughs> number four, I actually did not hear this song until my first year of my master's program, which shocks a lot of people. Mr. Brightside. Really? Yeah, I'd never heard it before. And it's it came such on. an old oh, classic. Everyone I'll be honest. I, so I, I'll be honest I, I only heard that for the first time like last year. Yeah, because uh, one of the NIU athletics media people or like marketing people, they started playing that at football games and I was like, what is this song? And then everyone's like hyped on the sidelines. And I was like, did we score a touchdown? They're like, no, it's Mr. Brightside. I'm like, okay. The Steelers are a fantastic band. They have a lot more songs that are better. Okay. I'll believe you. I won't listen, but I'll believe you. Um, number three, we got Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. Yeah. You can't help Party in the USA. Dance, as Matt is clearly showing here. Um, <laughs> next up, we got Take Me Home Country Roads. Everyone gets hyped. Take me home. West Virginia is Roads. See, Matt is my point here. I belong <laughs> West Virginia. Uh, it's my also mama. It is so hard trying not to say Take to me that home. Song. It really is. Like, country Roads. Whenever it comes on, like you can't help but to sing. Like, that's another song you just know the words when you're born. And then finally, the number one song that all white people get hyped to, no matter when or where this is played, Sweet Caroline. Bop, bop, bop. So there it is. There is my actual top five this week, not false top five. So there it is. Listen to those songs on your way to work after you listen to this podcast. All of those songs are fantastic. I'm not they really lie. are. Honestly, uh, though, home, Mr. Mr. Brightside right. to me is kind of just average. I'm not the biggest fan. Um, I love that song. I know a lot of people do, so I hope no one hates me for that. But I've heard it a few times. Just, you know, I heard it the first time, wasn't a fan. And then I'm like, um, you know, maybe I'll listen to it. Maybe it'll grow on me. And just it just didn't for me. So I know it's controversial to say, but. Yeah, what are you gonna do? 
West Virginia, Mountain Mama. All right, sorry, go on. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into a little bit of UFC talk. We had some action on Saturday night. Bart, did you catch any of this? Personally, I didn't. Honestly, I'm not the biggest UFC fan, so I didn't know that it even happened. So did you happen to see what went down on Saturday night? Yeah, I, I mostly caught uh, the end of the uh, Whitaker and uh, Darren Hill fight. Um, and then I, I, I rewatched it this morning on, on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, so uh, Whitaker defeats Darren Hill in, uh, in a split decision. This was such a tacti- uh, tactical fight. It was really awesome to watch. Uh, Whitaker did fight. Uh, so, so this was for the... The middleweight division, uh, Whitaker did fight uh, Adesanya. That was his last fight, and he got de- defeated by Adesanya in the second round by by TKO. So I don't think that Whitaker will be the next one to fight Adesanya. Well, Adesanya and Acosta are fighting uh, September nineteenth. So whoever comes out of that, I'm not sure if Whitaker will be the one to be the next challenger. Uh, well, so I will say Whitaker needs a fight after that because uh, he needs to get, have his con- confidence up. He was very confident in this fight, but Darren Till is a very good fighter as well. Uh, Darren Till is very technical, and Adesanya did say that he wants to face him as two. So, I mean, even after this loss, Till's still a very good fighter, and maybe they should run it back again and see, you know, how that goes, or maybe one of them should fight the loser of that fight and then go into that and. I think that'll be a better title fight for Adesanya. I think Adesanya is still going to win this against Costa. So we'll see. We'll go from there. Yeah. So I, I'm not exactly sure where, where the UFC is going to, is going to take, take this with, with Whitaker specifically Darren Hill. He's going to need a few more fights unless Adesanya loses to to Costa, then maybe that fight would happen. Um, But I think, I think it's going to be a while uh, until Hill gets, Kids a chance. Till. Darren. Oh, Till. Darren. Yes. yes. Sorry, you're right. I, I did write Hill by accident. It is it is Darren Till. Yes. Don't disrespect my guy like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had some crazy. Uh, there, there's this one guy. God, I, I want to butcher his name because I. I got it, Bart. I got it. I got it. Kamzat Chimaev. Chimaev, there you go. The rise of Chimaev. Chimaev. This guy is probably going to be the next big thing. He's seven and zero. He he had eight and zero. There you go. Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, (laughs) Always there for you, Bart. You, you, sir. You are you are saving me today. I appreciate it. (laughs) Um, He he had two fights ten days apart. So he he defeated his his first opponent in the second round by by submission. And yesterday he uh, d- uh, defeated uh, Reese. I didn't write it down. Doesn't matter. He right, was knocked out. He was knocked the hell out. Yeah, it, it dude didn't even have a chance in the first round. He had forty three strikes to zero. Dude rushed over to the other side, took him down, and then just started laying hammers. It wasn't even close. As my good friend Bart was saying, uh, yes, Kamzat, Mr. Chimaev wants to fight for both those weight class division titles. Um, here's the craziest thing ever. This dude, July 15th, he fought in 185. Yesterday, July 25th, uh, he fought at 170. Not only did he take two fights, he took them 
10 days apart. He lost 15 pounds within those 10 days. He took a second fight and won that. And then not only that, that he wasn't even being cocky in his post-fight interview. He's like, yeah, I'll fight in an hour again. So he wants to fight August 15th again. And Dana White wants to make it happen. So this is definitely an entertaining guy to, to look at. And he needs to fight one of the top guys, the top 15 fighters. And it'll definitely be a good fight to go with, to watch with him, especially. Well, Matt, thank you for finishing that up. I'm sure if Bart, we can get Bart back on. He can finish up a couple thoughts that he had. It kind of stinks that his internet went out, and it sounds like he's going to try to get back on. But in the meantime, Matt, you got some shenanigans this week, don't you? I absolutely do. Nice. Uh, let me give them to you. I'm excited. I'm excited that these are here. Um, so here's the thing. You guys know what the, the Satanic Temple is? thing apparently they offer yeah. academic scholarships to high school graduates now uh they're offering two academic scholarships to recent high school graduates students who demonstrate satanic values may apply for the devil's advocate scholarship award what? to apply yep yep to apply for the scholarship students can choose to answer one of the two prompts it's gonna be an essay what initiatives have you undertaken that you are consistent with the satanic temple's tenets and mission or please discuss and describe in detail any one of the teachers who crushed your spirit, undermined your self-confidence, and made you hate every minute you were forced <laughs> So that's going to be a great essay prop. I love it. I mean, I'm not really a satanic guy, but this is awesome. Uh, they also request applicants answer the question of their choosing in whatever way, best way expresses their message, whether that be an essay, poem, film, art projects, or any other creative medium. Sacrifice yeah, they can do that too while saying, please discuss and describe in detail any one of the teachers who crush your spirit while slicing a goat's head off. So that'd be awesome. Uh, this is the first sports shenanigan I've ever had. Mike Tyson is going to return for boxing, guys. Uh, he's returning at age 54. Uh, the former heavyweight champion will return to the boxing ring. Exhibition fight. Uh, he was against a four-weight world champion. He was Roy Jones Jr. Uh, about a schedule to take place on September 12th in Los Angeles. Tyson, again, is 54. Uh, um, Roy Jones Jr. is 51. In that same card, you guys know who Jake Paul is, the YouTuber? Yeah, the super tool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, him and uh, notable NBA short man, uh, Nate Robinson, will also be on that card boxing, too. So, yeah, that'd be amazing. And then, so, here's my last shenanigan. Panera Karen, Panera Karen, that's the name, claims mask won't stop COVID-19 since pants don't contain farts. That's all I gotta say, guys. <laughs> that's the logic you gotta deal with nowadays. I mean, <laughs> is she wrong, though? Wait, uh, yes, well, yes, she is wrong. I, yes, absolutely. <laughs> is she wrong? Yes, Kevin. Yes. <laughs> and there you have it. Those are my shenanigans for the week. <laughs> Those are absolutely fantastic. I didn't know that that satanic stuff was even a thing, especially for a scholarship. That's absolutely crazy. Let's sacrifice some goats. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for episode number 24. Again, whether this is your first time or whether you're one of our local loyal listeners, thank you again for coming along for the past hour and a half or so. 
If you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, and rate this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast streaming site, along with, the, along with following us on Twitter, Instagram, at ITMPod, or just search Inside the Minds. Next week, we'll already be about 20% of the way through the MLB season, so we'll just see how it looks and if any of our predictions change. We'll also look at the first couple of games of both the NHL playoffs and the NBA restart. And all of that is coming up during episode 25 of Inside the Minds next Monday. See you guys. Thanks for coming along. Peace out, guys. By the way, Christian Yelich went over three against Heather Chatwood. See ya. <laughs>